Hello and welcome to the You Thought Sports Podcast in what is definitely the first time we are recording the first 10 minutes <laughs> or so of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. No mistakes were made last time, no faulty recordings or anything like that. But we'll get started off with some news we missed. Uh, I'm here today <laughs> with Jared, Bart, and Wyatt. No, Aiden, we miss him, but if everything goes according to plan, he'll be back next week to uh, to share all his sports knowledge with you. But in that news we missed, uh, we'll get started with the Olympics. Uh, the United States, we ended with the most overall medals, 113, which is 25 more than China, and the most gold medals, 39, which is a single medal more than China had. So, big time for the USA. Um, China tried to one-up the gold medals by uh, trying to count Taiwan's <laughs> gold medals in there as well, but the IOC was having none of it. Um, and sticking with the Olympics, uh, despite all our panic, the United States men's basketball team won the gold medal, getting revenge against France with an 87-82 to win. And the women, they continue to dominate, still lost a game since the 90s, won the gold medal with a 90-75 to victory over Japan. Uh, staying internationally, uh, Messi leaving Barcelona. Uh, the team could not afford to pay him anymore. Um, and I think even if he said he was going to take the 50% wage reduction, they still could not sign him. Uh, 100% with... wage reduction. 100% wage reduction? He couldn't have played for free, is what I was told. Wow, by my wow. sources. Yeah, by your sources. That's crazy. <laughs> Spain. Expert sources. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he signed with PSG. Um, their, their three attackers are now Messi, Mbappe, and Neymar, who are probably three of the five best in the world, which... It's insane. Is the French um, Super League, like, even, whatever it's called, even fun to watch? I mean, no, they, they didn't win last year. They didn't year. win last year? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like they've won, like, eight of the last ten years or something like that, but they did not win last year, so they signed oh my goodness. a bunch of They signed Donnarumma, the goalie for Italy. They signed, like, a bunch of, like, really good players, too. That's like the Warriors signing KD and, like, LeBron, <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. So, goodness. Crazy. Um... Speaking of college football, the coaches poll came out. Uh, top 10 is as follows. Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Georgia, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, Iowa State, UNC, and the University of Cincinnati. Um, and that means that Notre Dame has two top 10 opponents this year with UNC and Cincy at 9 and 10, and four in the top 15 with USC at 14 and Wisconsin at 15. So... USC is probably way overrated, by the way, but yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Back on our overrated, underrated episode, you can look back. At yeah, it, uh, see how we see what we thought of them. Um, moving over to some professional football, uh, Josh Allen getting paid two hundred eighty-four million dollars over eight years. Crazy, and there's some weird, weird trends going around. Uh, uh, coaches in the NFL, the Lions, Dan Campbell. Apparently starts his day with two 40-ounce coffees, <coughs> each of which have two shots of espresso in them. It's insane. That's very cool. Yeah. Why are you going to tell your story this <laughs> no, I'll time? No, I'll tell the story. I'll tell the story. Uh, I used to work at a coffee shop. It was my first job out of high school. And uh, there's this guy who would come by, and no joke, he would get 12 shots of espresso uh, every day. And he did it every day for probably about two weeks. And then I never saw him again. So I think at this rate, if Dan Campbell uh, keeps up drinking that much coffee, I don't think he'll make it to the end of the season. I think that's a totally fair they, assessment. They should have done hard knocks with the Lions. I mean, the I Cowboys know. are great, but I want to see Dan Campbell in action. 
Yeah, I'm sure the Lions are doing their own the series or something. But <laughs> did we see the thing about Jason Garrett saying "address me as coach"? <laughs> we didn't no, talk about what? that. No, uh, I didn't okay, see that. that's just a, it was a funny thing that people were chirping him for on Twitter. He like told the media like, "Don't call me anything else. Call me coach." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, okay. I just thought of him because I forgot that he's not the Cowboys coach for a moment. Yeah. No, he's not. Anyway, how could you forget? <laughs> <laughs> Mike McCarthy is so much better. Yeah. Well, speaking of NFC East coaches who like food as the teaching lesson, uh, the Eagles' new head coach, Nick Sirianni, staged a hot dog eating contest to teach the players a lesson about life. So, mm. you know, we had Mike McCarthy and his watermelons, and now we have Nick Sirianni and his hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. Just weird, weird ways. Um, uh, moving into the NBA, uh, Dennis Schroeder, formerly of the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, he was offered an extension or to re-sign with the Lakers four years, eighty-four million. He turned it down. He bet on himself, and you know what that got him? Five point nine million dollars for one year with the Celtics <laughs> did not work out well. Um, so, sending all our thoughts and prayers to Dennis Schroeder in these difficult times uh, for him. Oh, to be a millionaire! I know it's so hard. <laughs> Um, and another fun sports news today, uh, the Eagles are playing the Steelers in the NFL. Uh, the Field of Dreams game happened, uh, between the Yankees and the White Sox. I know Jared has some strong opinions on the fences there. Uh, do you want to share those? The fence, the fence should not be there. The, the ballpark is a little too commercialized. I mean, I like that they have the old fashioned scoreboard out in the cornfield and everything, but they put a fence up and in the movie, there's no fence. It's just cornfield. That's how it should be. The the field that they played like a high school game or something on it yes yesterday on the like smaller the movie field and there were literally like light posts in the middle of the outfield is pretty funny. Uh that's how the game should be played though, let's be honest. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> uh old school. But yeah. uh to wrap things up too, Mac Jones made his debut with the Patriots. The moments we were all waiting for. Um that provides this perfect segue into our first topic, which is the NFL. <laughs> Um, and we have maybe the same old Cowboys. So the Cowboys mm-hmm. and their supposedly prolific offense. Oh my god! Handled sixteen to three by the Steelers in the Hall of Fame game this past week. Well, neither starting quarterback played. We're ready to make some bold claims about what this means for the upcoming <laughs> season. Um, and the Cowboys, too, we have a little bit extra insight into them this year uh, as they're being featured on Hard Knocks. Oh yeah. And we'll kick it off with them. So Wyatt. What was the good, the bad, and the ugly for the Cowboys in the Hall of Fame game? And is there reason to be concerned heading into the season for America's team? Uh, well, the good <laughs> thing was that this was a preseason game, and it doesn't go on their record. So uh, they can you know, still go 8-8 eight and eight comfortably. They can't go 8-8 eight eight anymore because it's 17. But they can still go 8-9 and nine comfortably and not have to worry about you know, what, what this means for the long term of their season. <laughs> Uh, between the game that was played in Hard Knocks, I will say that Micah Parsons does look like a good player. Oh. I, I like watching him. He's good energy. You know, I'm a Penn State fan, sub fan. Uh, and, oh, my goodness. And uh, I just, I think that, I thought that that was a wild pick, but he turns out to be a very talented player. I don't think that that was a question. I think whether or not what they needed it. But I thought that's a good The bad is that out of anybody else that's on the team, the second or third players, there are no shining stars whatsoever. There's no going to be secret player that's going to come up and be like a big difference maker that we didn't expect. There's no third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounder that's like, 
you know, this guy was a diamond in the rough, and I don't know how everybody slept on him. It doesn't appear like the Cowboys have nailed any pick past round one, right? <laughs> and the ugly is that outside of Micah Parsons, if Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, the entire offensive line, Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Der Esch, Demarcus Lawrence, and Trevon Diggs all play well, they'll make the playoffs. But <laughs> they're a very top-heavy team, and oh my there are... They are the least talented, top-heavy team in the league right now. So there's <laughs> That's ridiculous. Reason. What are you yeah. talking about? That's Hold so on. ridiculous. I still have the intro, Jay. <laughs> all in all, there's always reason for concern because the least talented, top-heavy roster is being led by the least talented head coach in the league and is asked to put together a Super Bowl team. Good to you. <laughs> oh, that's... You're definitely overreacting and not taking into account the history that Dak and the offense have. I think, obviously, we didn't see CeeDee Lamb or, or Zeke or Dak. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to have a really good second season. As long as, th- This is the bad thing, the bad and the ugly, though, is that Dak, Dak Prescott is out. He's getting a second MRI. I don't think Gilbert Grape or Ben Gucci are the answers <laughs> at quarterback. We saw that Gary last Gilbert. year. I, I know. That's, that's why I also said Ben Gucci. I was trying to enforce that I did know their real names. But anyway... Jared's I was a big so caught up with movie buff as well, <laughs> so he like he likes the what's eating Gilbert Grape references. They're niche, but they're uh, they're the movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> in reality, though, is, I mean it's the preseason. Like we're we can't get so caught up in this first game. If you do want to take a takeaway, Dan Quinn's defense held the Steelers' first shot, whatever you want to call what it, what they put out in the first half, to zero points. I'm saying that's an improvement. We're going to see Dan Quinn's defense step it up this year, Wyatt. I'm sorry. Is, are we talking about the same Dan Quinn that blew a lead in the Super Bowl? <laughs> are, are we talking about the same Dan Quinn that, that formed the, the Legion of Boom? Just got fired from a job? Are we talking about that guy? We're talking about the I'm Dan Quinn that won a Super Bowl at the Seahawks. There's no shining light in the Cowboys right now, oh especially gosh. if we're going into the season and Dak Prescott has another shoulder injury or another injury. Another? Yeah, I okay. mean – he, I'll give him his credit. He's been an Iron Man up until this point. And last year when he broke his ankle, it kind of feels like we opened a can of worms. I know that they're unrelated, but look, if if Dak Prescott isn't there and they don't play at a high level all across the board, right? The offensive line goes down. Zeke doesn't get a step back like everybody says he's going to. Amari Cooper <coughs> just remains like a – he's a top 13 wide receiver maybe. CeeDee Lamb doesn't take a leap from last year. <laughs> Uh, you know, if, if none of those things really come together, they're not going to be any good. Like I said, like the, the defense, any guy that's past the first round that was drafted outside of the first round doesn't seem to make an impact at all. If Trevon Diggs isn't any better as a corner, they're not very good in the secondary. If Demarcus Lawrence doesn't play like a hundred million dollar man, they have no pass rush. And if Jalen Smith, well, he didn't even play He didn't even play year, that. Game. I know, but I'm, but I'm saying is if going into the season, if Jalen Smith also plays as flat as he did last year, then Micah Parson, a rookie linebacker, is the best player on their defensive roster. And that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's elite. <laughs> no, I, I, I did read. This is incredibly reactionary. I saw somebody say he should be the favorite for defensive rookie of the year after that game. I was like, Bold take early on. Well, he, no, did have, I, he, he had like three tackles in one quarter and a, no, and a I mean, fumble I mean, recovery. He, Everybody thought he was going to be good, and he looks good. I mean, I guess that tracks, but it's still, like, mm-hmm. it's weird. There had literally been two teams that had played a preseason game at that point. Anyway, <laughs> I was going to say, 
uh, I feel like it's unfair to say that if Dak is gone, though, because, like, how many teams could you say, let's take away their best player and their quarterback and still expect them to be good? Isn't it kind of unfair? Yes. No, that that's fair. No, that's fair, because not, not every team can survive without their quarterback. Only a handful of teams, I would say, and I'm, I'm not even going to try to name off the top of my head, can actually move on with a good secondary. I mean, the Eagles did it, right? But... How many quarterbacks in the league are being injured coming off of an injury going into the season? Right? There, there is not the same looming injury cloud over other teams the way that it is on the Cowboys right now. That's the only reason why it's being brought up is because he broke his ankle, it's coming back. Now our shoulder is hurt, and we're going to be coming into the season recovering from a shoulder injury. Yeah, I, th- I think that's my one concern too. And I wrote down like my big headline from the game was that their season does hinge on Dak, which is again like yeah, not unique in, a, in like a season hinging on the health of your starting quarterback and best player. But he, I worry a little bit that he enters like Carson Wentz like body made of glass territory. Like I think Wyatt mentioned earlier, this like opens up the floodgate, or maybe it was Bart. Somebody mentioned earlier it like opened up the floodgates for like all these injuries to happen after um, him being sort of an Iron Man, but like. Even the way the Cowboys are handling it, handling it, the uh, like the quote is that they're being quote conservative, just very slowly working him back into the offense. And I know we're still like a little under a month out from the season, but it just it's a little worrying, especially after that ankle injury. And then if the shoulder comes up, like I don't think I have super high expectations because I don't know at this point whether I trust that Dak is going to be healthy throughout the whole course of the season. And I think whatever their upside is, is severely limited by the health of his ankle, shoulder, or whatever other injury may come up. Uh, that's definitely fair. Objectively, you have to be worried about that for sure. About, I don't know if it's going to be a Carson Wentz thing now where he's like made a glass. I think it's just, I don't know if there's a comparable person here's, that I can think of. Here's how I would but, equate it. Was yeah. Russell Westbrook, who didn't miss a game for a couple of years, and he tore his ACL, and it kind of just felt like, he was consistently getting hurt after that. Not like maybe huge long-term injuries, but he wasn't the same guy who had played like 200-something games. I'm just making it up, you know, in, in a row, right? We also and, averaged triple-doubles for like four more seasons, so. Yeah, but I'm saying is that <laughs> more injuries kind of popped up later in his career. No, I mean, that's true. After that first ACL injury. But here's the thing is that let's say Dak Prescott isn't there, right? Because if he is there, he's going to throw for like 5,000 yards or something like that. They're just going to air the ball out. They're going to, they paid him $40 million for a reason, right? Right. Zeke has to be better. Zeke (laughs) has to be better. The offensive line has to be better. And the defense has to be better. To be be able to play a solid run game, you have to have teams not score so easily on you the same way that teams teams have scored on the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Right, so there's there just seems like there's a lot of things that has to fall into place, especially if Dak isn't there, that would make it really hard for me to believe that sleepy Mike McCarthy and hot seat Dan Quinn are not going to hot seat. Already zero regular season games. It's because he was on the hot seat for like five years in Atlanta. That's why. Oh my gosh! Uh, Where did you, you pull these nicknames from? <laughs> <laughs> Mike McCarthy famously fell asleep during meetings. He was chased yeah. out of Green Bay with pitchforks. You always hey, you bring that up literally every time we talk about Mike McCarthy. He used that phrase. I know, I know. I know. Yeah. Sleep, Mike. Well, speaking of Mike McCarthy, um, going into this year, what do you think he has to do to keep his job? Or do you think if the defense is horrible again, he can, you know, pin it on hot seat Dan Quinn, 
kick him out the door. And no, Mike McCarthy's gone. Year. If the season is not a playoff bound, they're gone, hundred percent. Not only he's I, do, I think they have to be more than playoff bound. I think they have to win a game in the playoffs, not win a Super Bowl. I'm not gonna say they have to win a Super Bowl, but he has to at least make it a little bit further than Jason Garrett did. Yeah, and that's kind of the reason why you fire a coach and move on to a new one. Yeah. They play in the one of the worst. And I'll, granted, my beloved Giants play in the NFC lease. They play in one of the worst divisions in football. They should easily have a buy-in if they're as talented as they say they are. And then they should also go on to win a game against a first-run opponent, whether that's like the Cardinals or, um, you know, the maybe a weekend Saints team if they are weekend, something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they have to take advantage of a first-run matchup. And maybe if they run into the Green Bay Packers or the Seattle Seahawks or the Rams or somebody like that in the second or NFC championship, a, you know what? It is what it is. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with a healthy deck, I think they can hang points up with most teams. It's going to be a question of whether he's there and if the defense can keep him in in games. Yeah. Well, I think that's about it for uh, the Cowboys this week, but there will definitely be more Cowboys talk as the season goes on. So, yeah. Uh, 100%. You know, <laughs> keep tuning in for that. Um, we'll move on uh, to our last topic for the show. Uh, we're going to move into the NBA. Um, and since the beginning of NBA free agency, uh, the league has already opened investigations into allegations of tampering um, involving the Kyle Lowry signing and sign trade to the Heat and Lonzo Ball's sign and trade to the Bulls. So, Bart, with these deals being announced literally the minute free agency starts, is the league being inconsistent with this, with its enforcement of tampering? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear cut to me. Tampering happens. We know it happens. The NBA knows it happens. Like, a lot. Everybody knows. So, yeah, it does seem like they're just cherry-picking which ones to uh, punish. I have read that some people say the NBA is trying to pick out the more egregious ones and call those out as kind of like, a, okay, you did it really extremely. We don't really want to punish you, but we're going to do it. And so, like, with the Lonzo Ball thing, I get it. If you look at Sham, Shams Tarania's tweets... He literally tweeted that at 6 p.m., like the moment free agency started. So it's obvious. You know, it's almost like it's spitting in the face of the NBA when they did that. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, no tampering happened here. I'm sure of that. But like <laughs> the Kyle Lowry one even, it's weirder to me because everybody knew he wanted to go to Miami. So is it that strange that like a little bit after free agency had started? Like what bothers me is that people seem to think that this rule is actually making it like it would make an effect. If Kyle Lowry really wants to go to Miami, He's going to go to Miami. He's going to be talking to them either before the tampering uh, period starts or after. So I don't like it. I mean, there were a bunch of tweets that came out from Waj and Shams in those for, in that first like hour of a bunch of different deals, not just these two, but those weren't called out. What I've also heard is that some people are thinking like teams literally just tell the NBA that they're upset about something. Like the Pelicans, for instance, complained that Lonzo Ball left because they had him mm-hmm. as a re- restricted free agent, and that's why the NBA looked into it and is punishing um, is punishing the Bulls for it. So, like, yeah, it seems very selective. If, if it literally is a question of, like, oh, somebody complained and now we're going to look into it, then that's ridiculous. <laughs> Ultimately, I don't even think this rule should be there. Like I said, I don't actually know what it's, accompl- what it's accomplishing. And, like, it's, it, yeah, it's just weird. Like, I've read that even if the NBA wanted to, they would be willing and they have the authority to look at players' phones and track texting and calling to see, like, what's happening. What? I don't think they would ever go that far, but if you really wanted to punish it consistently, you would have to. I just don't think it's plausible. So I think they'd be better off just letting quote-unquote tampering happen because, like I was saying, like, 
if a player wants to go somewhere and if a team really wants to get a guy, I don't think that it makes much of a practical difference what time it's happening. They say that they want to keep teams from being like at a disadvantage, quote unquote. I don't really understand how that happens though with or without tampering. So yeah. I think this is very silly. Yeah. I agree. I mean, yeah, I mean NBA teams don't it. care about paying the tampering fine, which is like a second round draft pick and some money. Like NBA teams don't care about second round draft picks, basically. And yeah, like like you said, I I don't know, like players talk to each other let Drake recruit players to the Raptors. Like, if you have freaking celebrity endorsements or whatever, let them endorse the team and, like, recruit players. I don't know. Like, in, in college football, they, they're fine doing it, right? You know, they they recruit year-round and recruiting against the same people, right? It's it's obviously a different thing, but I think, like, a tamp- I, I think tampering is, in terms of, like, trying to keep teams uh, on an even playing field, I think it's so that teams that make deep playoff runs don't get disadvantaged, right? That like they oh they can't get free agency started yet because they're deep into the playoffs while teams at the start of the playoffs like have their their off season starts a little earlier. I'm assuming that's kind of why tampering's in there, but I don't know. Their front office can can still be doing two things at once, right? I mean, your front office doesn't even isn't really even doing anything once the playoffs start. Exactly, you can't make any right. trades. Mm-hmm. I guess can you sign players? Even if you can, they'd be <laughs> off no, the street. I think the <laughs> front offices are just preparing for the draft. Like once they yeah, go into exactly. the postseason, they're like, "Okay, I know I draft order," which is also equal for everybody. So yeah, exactly, it's like, yeah. yeah. Is it so wrong for the league to have deals be broken on the first day, or is it more <laughs> no. exciting if they get broken three days in because teams have been discussing? Well, I don't understand <laughs> what the problem is because the NFL offseason is extremely exciting. You get to see a lot of player movement, and when LeBron James went to the Lakers, he was announced on the first day. I'm pretty sure. I don't think that he took – he announced later in the first day. It wasn't like at 12.01 or whatever the time frame is. <laughs> but if LeBron James took three months to make a decision in off season, is that better for the game of basketball? Or is it just better for them to just have an exciting first day and then you watch the pieces fall in? Because I think that they should be excited that the off season alone is being talked about. That, I yeah. think that that's a really mm-hmm. healthy part for the game is when you're excited about teams moving around, you know. And then yeah, now and it, they can sell jerseys it. and Bulls fans can now go buy Alonzo Ball jersey or be really excited about it. Day one, whenever it happens, it just, it doesn't make sense to me because it also, I mean, these players are going to be talking to each other anyway, whether the, the front offices are in control. Alonzo Ball probably had his mind made up with a conversation from Zach Levine that he wanted to go to the Bulls before mm-hmm. he talked to the Bulls, right? You can't control any of that stuff. And now, and that's a good thing because now it's exciting that these players get to play with their friends. They're excited about playing. We're excited about playing. And it all happens right away, right? That little instant instant gratification that you have when you watch the offseason stuff, Lucas. Yeah, and I think, like, at the end of the day, the NBA also recognizes that there's some pros to having, like, an extending offseason because I feel like with a lot of these deals – that they selectively enforce. It's like very like medium level deals. Like Lonzo Ball and Kyle Lowry are not bad. They're definitely notable players who help their teams a lot, but they're not like stars of the league. And I don't think anybody would consider them like in the elite crop of players. Um, And so I think that they like kind of pick and choose those like medium level deals to sort of pretend like they're like, you know, serious and enforcing this. Um, But like when it's the high profile guys, I don't think there's really that, same eye lent to it um if you look back like especially like the classic case is like 
LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, like, all apparently having, like, talked about and agreed to, like, years before, like, wanting to play together when their all contracts were up. And, like, there, there's evidence that that happened. People know it happened, but the NBA didn't do anything because it's all their stars. And I don't think, you know, if this happened with Durant or with um, any other sort of, like, elite star that you'd really see this sort of enforcement. And I think that's because... One, they don't want to anger their stars since the NBA is such a star-driven league. And two, because it's not really going to ruffle... Because it's going to ruffle feathers among those organizations if they're really enforcing tampering on stars. So they pick these, like, mid-level deals to, like, sort of pretend like they care when I don't think they actually do. And for that reason, I, I agree with everybody else. I don't think there should be tampering rules in the NBA. I just think it's, I don't know, counterproductive. I agree entirely. I hadn't even thought about the the mid level thing, but I think that's it's super true, especially now that Kyle Lowry is like what, like thirty mid thirties. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say that last. I was trying to find out what punishments they enacted last year, and I could literally only find one example, which was uh, with Boyan Bogdanovich. Excuse me, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah. But the like the Bucks didn't even sign him. They yeah. apparently tampered with him. They didn't even sign him, and they still lost a second round pick. And that yeah. was all I could see that the NBA punished last year. So it's mm-hmm. it's like so ridiculously random. And like, yeah, he's also a super mid level player that nobody's really going to care about. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it's it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and like equally, like they're not going to care about like if you tamper with like very low level players as well because it just seems sort of like like who cares that you got. <laughs> Andre Drummond on the first day or whatever. Like, it's just not... He could be the missing piece, though. You never know. For the Sixers? (laughs) I I don't know about that. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, Also... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Lucas. Didn't mean to cut you off. Um, To Bart's point, would you rather have... Let's say you're you're trading for a player, you're signing a player, you're doing some off-season tampering. Would you rather lose a second-round pick or sign Kawhi Leonard? Would you rather lose a (laughs) second-round pick or, you know the Golden State Warriors add Kevin Durant. What, mm-hmm. what, what that, I mean, we already don't think picks matter in the NBA, but like what, what would even be the problem there? If, if they are more serious about enforcing these tampering rules, uh, I just, I wouldn't care at all if I was an NBA, uh, an NBA executive. And I don't want to fall into like the, well, you know, maybe there should be no rules at all if the rules don't already work, but they have to find a, they either have to enforce them harder or, or, or pull back on them just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the only like effective enforcement mechanism would be if you tamper, you can't sign them. Right, like exactly. that's the literal only thing I think they would stop teams from doing. It. But, the, yeah, but the the problem with uh, that though, is that you can't like retroactively veto mm-hmm. a deal because like, then other teams were like, "Oh, I didn't know I could sign him. I just paid Dennis Schroeder mm-hmm. fifty million or whatever, <laughs> you know." Exactly. And now, and now Lonzo Ball is available or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. that's the only problem with that. Yeah. Which even as it, it's just like a, a useless rule, and the only yeah. possible enforcement mechanism that could work doesn't work. Postseason so. ban. Team is out of the league for a year. Full G League <laughs> team in there. Death penalty. <laughs> Death penalty. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Yeah, but that goes back to what I was saying about they're not going to, like, you can't look through texts and be like, okay, this conversation was tampering, but this conversation was totally natural. It's like, too subjective. It's impossible. Yeah. Get, get rid of it. Right. Also, wouldn't you just complain <coughs> if one of your, like, like, if I'm the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard signs with the 76ers, I'd be like, I'd be like, I think that they're tampering. <coughs> I mean, yeah. why, why would, uh, I don't know. It just doesn't make, it's, it's a little silly, you know? Yeah. Agreed. 
Well, we were all in agreement there. Hopefully you're all in agreement that that was a stellar episode. And if you do agree with us, go ahead and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, TikTok, Instagram especially, at Uh, And we'll go from there.